Welcome to the Self-Helpful Podcast. I'm Kevin Miller, and this is the podcast people tune into for in-depth discussions on the latest research from our foremost leaders in self-improvement, so you can be growing and more equipped to live at your fullest capacity in body, mind, and soul. In this episode, I asked the Self-Helpful audience this question. For all my health, wellness, and fitness-minded friends, what is the primary motive or reason that drives you to stick with your healthy lifestyle plan? This is my Functional Friday episode where we focus on our health and wellness so we have the physical and mental capacity to help ourselves and others. Well, we received a wealth of responses to that question, and I'm joined by my co-host, Randy James, medical doctor and functional medicine expert, and my close friend. We spent a good while talking through many of the responses, and there were definite threads and recurring themes of motive for health and wellness. I believe you will relate to a lot of them and find yourself inspired, confirmed, convicted, and equipped to further commit to your pursuit of being as well as you possibly can or want to be, which is the point. If you find value from this self-helpful podcast, be great if you leave a review. Thanks to a bunch of you who have left reviews recently. Let others know what to expect and just what you think about the show. You can always find me at kevinmiller.co website or social media. Best thing you can do for us, just keep the conversation going. Talk about it with somebody else. Next up, Dr. Randy James and I talk about the true core motives of our health and wellness. All right, so I'll start off with asking you, Dr. James, uh, what's the motive? What's the thing when you wake up in the morning, the days ahead, and you fit time in for exercise, or you decide what you're going to take to work to eat uh, as opposed to, you know, ordering fast food or whatever people do, uh, go to sleep, all these things that you do. What's the reason? What's the motive? I'm going to take a deep breath and, and think about it. Cause if you uh, answer wrong, nobody will listen. <laughs> that's, well, and to, to, I, I honor the question. Mm-hmm. And so there's going to be lots of answers, I think, properly for me, for everybody else. But I have seen, so at the top of my list, I would say probably is I have seen the consequences of not doing that. Granted, especially in other people, patients, uh, some family members, um, friends of people that I know, and I, there's the motive of fear of I don't want to go down that pathway. Mm-hmm. So so there's that side of it. And on the other side of it, I think there's also a strong motivation of honoring the body, the creation, the responsibility that we all have, uh, that I think in our culture this is not a common thought of taking care of what you have, of what you've been given. Mm-hmm gratitude for wellness and preserving that stewarding that caring for that uh, not out of a self-righteous self-aggrandizement kind of effort but more out of uh, a, a desire to to pursue the best pathway 
to honor my wife, to honor my kids, to honor God, to honor what the opportunity is before us. Well, and you, you know, you met your wife, Marcy, and you guys were both active. You were always involved in sports. She was always involved in sports. That's not super unique necessarily as, as young adults, you know, uh, coming out there, but you continued it. That is different. Most of us, you know, we had these active lifestyles in our youth and then we get into the workplace and it stops. My gosh, you know, you as a doctor, it's not the healthiest crew of people. Um, no, you put in it, long hours, less sleep. You don't have time for that. It's not a health. You go into the average hospital or doctor's office and it's not a pillar of wellness <laughs> generally. Um, I'm ashamed to admit that I, a lot of those lessons, like we just talked about, I, I have peered over the edge of what often happens in the long-term doctor world and it's exhaustion, fatigue, burnout, weight gain, lack of capacity, and you know, just hanging on until you know you can retire. And I don't want anything to do with that. That's part of one of my motivations from a business perspective of stepping out of that kind of arena. Yeah. And Marcy and I, we did. We strove, we strived to to maintain activity levels and part of Part of that was coming to Colorado and the yeah. culture here. Well, and you do that. You have an active family. So not only did you guys continue in sports, you, I mean, you've got kids in sports, which again, that's, that's a, not too off the norm, but you guys have continued. Marcy coaches, you know, you guys play stuff. You were in a soccer league, weren't you last season? Yeah. You're yeah. On, I'm smiling. You're yeah. on, it was pretty funny. Your own <laughs> soccer, but still, but the, you know, you do that. You've got, you know, you and I have mountain biked. We've always run and, and done those things and you've continued those. So yeah, but you do. I mean, I appreciate that, that you've got a front row seat to seeing the consequences of not having that healthy lifestyle in your patients. And you know, as you were saying that the show that I titled after your line that you asked people is your goal next year to be in the Olympics or a nursing home. You know, we, we laugh at that. It was a good show. We got good feedback on that. I am surprised though, that here in America that with the drastic increase, I mean, when you and I were uh, kids, you know, nursing homes and dementia and Alzheimer's and, you know, so many people being in extended care and stuff was, was a, a, seems like a small thing. Now it's gargantuan. So we have this huge demographic of people dealing with ailing parents at this radically uh, increasing rate. It seems like that would be a big beacon of oh my gosh people go get healthy and drive people and yet it's not our stats are still just they're, they're worse than ever and increasing than ever that is odd that it has not caused a stampede of fear i mean again right now we're talking again amongst the coronavirus and the, the fact that you might get sick and have flu-like symptoms is causing everybody to stay at home wear a mask drastically alter their lives and then this death happening over here in the nursing home and dementia, whatever is not really, it hasn't changed a thing. Really? Right. right. That's it's, weird. I was just going to say that this, uh, at the beginning of the Corona, uh, virus situation, you and I commented on how there, this is going to provide fodder for many psychology papers and textbooks of why did it happen this way? And there's the political side. It's an election year. There's so many things in there. And yet, 
like Ziegler says about the termites, you know, you, we get a news hit on the hurricane tornado, but termites does far more damage on a consistent basis. Well, I think it's the cooking a frog. Thing. It's the cooking a frog thing that, that, that's right. And it's back to what you originally asked me is the motivation underlying it. I'm thinking of, I think we've mentioned it also, you interviewed on the Ziggler show, uh, the guy who's the Sitcha guy, I forget his name. Uh, Joshua Spodek. Okay. So th- I would put that as a, as a big motivator for me is yeah. I'm a little guilty and a little inspired both if I don't do my Sitchas, self-imposed daily challenging healthy activities that we know, we know these activities, these choices will equal betterness, less dementia, less obesity, less diabetes, and more capacity, more resilience, more choice, more freedom in the future for me to do and be what I want to do. I can share a story that just happened yesterday. So I haven't even told you about this. So my my goal has been fifty burpees consecutively. I hate not consecutive. <laughs> I can't terrible. do it. I uh, so but I'm so I've had three I days did, in a I row. Not know, I, I'm doing that too. I'm doing I'm doing a series of like all these reps, right, and that's reps. what I've been doing is fifty burpees. But I do them in sets of like fifteen or something. Maybe I think. Well, I have to go in diminishing returns. So twelve, ten, eight, yeah. and then I stay at eight to get to fifty. Okay. And then do something in between to recover my breath. Yeah. That goes away. And I hate them. I'm like, why? Burpees I just are don't want horrific. to. I, I look but, at yeah. a walk, a run, a ride. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to enjoy that. Burpees are terrible. <laughs> but, but I do look at, and we're off on a rap trail, but burpees, man. <laughs> I do look at that. I think this is important. It's important. It's a motive for me is I can be a cyclist. I can be a runner. I can even be a weightlifter and still fall into some ill health. I see weightlifters who can't, yeah. you know, their cardio is not good. I see runners and, and they can't the, lift the weight. Yeah, they yeah. can't. And they're, and they're shuffling along old, you know, to me, it's an old man is what I'm looking at. I don't want to be those dude. I don't, there's no way you can be doing burpees and end up old and decrepit. Now you may have a heart attack and die on the spot, but you're not going to be old enough. to be able to do that. Uh, that's an, that's going to be an older person. It's like what we say about it. I'm going to be able to do that's right. doing that's, now. That's, I'll be 90 and I can do to do a burpee. I mean, when you're 90, I, if, if my grandpa, if my father right now popped down and did a burpee, I'd be like, wow, he can't, he yeah, won't. Yeah. And, and yet do I want to be the guy who can do that? And, so I'm I'm yeah. still doing the 15 uh, pull-ups yeah. and trying to you know do it most days and be the guy who can do that most days and then you're 90 and doing 15 theoretically right. uh, and in the medium in the middle of all that don't get hurt don't do too much listen to your body and uh, so the the dance in my own mind of ugh, it's burpee time it, it, so it takes me about 10 minutes right I can. I'll, I'll burpee and rest and then, you know, do something. It takes about 10 minutes. That's only 10 minutes. I mean, that's not a lot. 10 minutes of discomfort. Of of discomfort, of, of blah. And the hardest part, and, and it reminded me of fasting too. You and I were just talking about day two and three. And universally, when people are experimenting and learning and training to do fasting, because again, nobody wants to do that, Mm -hmm. day two and three of water only, and I, I use tea and coffee. Uh, everybody hates it. Why? Well, because that's that's physiology. Is it, it's a normal thing. This is when your body is kind of you know pinging you the loudest that you're out of your norm. Uh-huh. Well, burpees 
are out of your norm mm-hmm. for sure. And so is almost anything else. Somebody else would look at you and say, well, I don't like running. I don't like weightlifting or whatever. And that's out of my norm. And you would say, okay, we'll find a, and, and we've done shows on this. You know, how do you do exercise as a norm and things like that? Today, it's, it's underlying the, the choice, the motive, the, the freedom, the capacity to be able to choose to do burpees. Mm-hmm. On one hand, I love that I can. And on the other hand, I hate that I should. <laughs> yeah, okay, but you just said something, uh, and, and I wrote down here, when did we become, because I don't know, it was 10 minutes, 10, 10 minutes, but it's 10 minutes of discomfort. And we as a culture, where did we get so averse to discomfort? If there is a, if there is a, well, you know, actually it's probably, it's, it's probably people like me. It's probably our fault. Business, business people, because you look at something and say, how could we make that better and sell that product? Yeah, I guess people have to open the garage door Man, we can make an, uh, that's brilliant. You make an automatic yeah. thing. And then people have to open the door of a minivan. Ah, we can make that thing. That's yeah, smart. Well, even right now. So our garage doors went out a few years ago Uh huh. and you and I are proponents of activity, but the torture of the stupid garage door of getting out in the snow and my yeah. feet get all muddy, and then I got to take my shoes off at the door, and it just, I just, <laughs> I, I, I spent a lot of money to not put up with that. And I don't have a garage, and I get irritated when it's snow, and now I got to come outside, and it's my car, and you know maybe I'll do my wife's car, and clear, <laughs> you got to clear everything clear off. Thing. And so I just spent. 30, 45 minutes up there doing burpees and lifting inanimate objects, you know, doing nothing. And I'm irritated that I didn't have to work out my arms clearing the, the, it's, it's so stupid, but where did we get to that? And yet, and again, I know this is a, this is a soapbox I often come to. It's so weird though, that then we watch superhero movies or we watch sports where these people are masters of discomfort and we yell at them and on the sports field, dude, give it all you got. Come on, man. He didn't even try he did and we're yelling at the guy in the football field or the whatever for not being more discomforting in their efforts as we're sitting on the couch and if there's any discomfort we avoid it the discomfort and we don't want the, i don't want the discomfort of having to eat that bland whole foods thing i want the comfort of that mcdonald's that peaks my taste buds actually it's a really terrible analogy because you and i make great whole foods i was gonna say you and I, I know but i think that's i think that's the norm thought True, and it took us, admittedly, a long time to get to the point where most days we'll sit together, look at each other's lunch, and say, gosh, I'm so grateful to love Brussels sprouts. Well, especially if you fast, then you're just happy to eat anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm even Fasting's more like burpees, though. I, now, you do. You've gotten to the point where you're starting to like fasting. I still don't no, like fasting. I, but did, coming back to discomfort, I, that's, that's a, okay. We got people's things to read here. Let's do that. We'll get into more stuff. I mean, when you look at that as, you know, talking about motive, um, a lot of mine back to the Sid show, which folks he's talking about. So the Ziggler show with Joshua Spodek, it was episode 484. It's quite a while ago. And he talks about the mental aspects ultimately of these things that we do are better than the sum of the, uh, of the whole of, of each individual. Right. It's not that burpees do anything special for you. You getting yourself to spend 10 minutes in discomfort doing that it is better that training mindset. for your mind. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that, and I do think about that with my work where I rely on my critical thinking, my creative thinking, or with my big family where I need to be able to work during the day and then be there for them. 
that is a big motivation for my personal health and wellness pursuits is to have the wherewithal to be able to do that. I definitely have, you know, vanity in it, my own self image. I want to have the ability uh, for it. And then I also am, am very fearful uh, hopefully of the I, alternative. Uh, yeah. The yeah. alternative and being the disabled and being the old person. And I think, man, when I'm 85, 90, I want to help my kids be able to move. I want to write a book. I want to enjoy hiking and biking still. I don't want to be in disrepair that kill me. I'd rather not be alive. What can I do now so that I have, gosh, somebody said, no, somebody in this thread, we're going to get to it. Cause they said something really smart that you'll, you'll appreciate. All right. So here's one, uh, a, a guy who, uh, he actually asked to remain anonymous and he said, the primary reason, if I'm honest with myself, why I have become very disciplined and focused on fitness and nutrition in the last several years is I do not want to become like my parents. Anytime I've asked my dad to come work out with me in the last 10 years or go snow camping with me or hike to the top of a mountain, anything physically grueling, he has an excuse why he can't do it uh, or you know why, why, they can't, why he can't participate. The excuse is I've just got too much going on with work regu- right now or my knees can't take it, my back can't handle it, etc. My parents aren't super obese or grossly out of shape per se. They just have a lot of limiting beliefs about their bodies, lots of excuses why they can't do certain things anymore and they're only in their early 60s. Mm. Uh, I have friends in our CrossFit uh, uh, group that are in their late 60s, and they're still doing the same as the rest of us youngsters. It's so inspiring. And the second reason for health and uh, and fitness for me is vanity. Uh, I've just always wanted to present myself as a fit person, flat stomach, round shoulders, a wider back than my midsection, legs that look good in shorts. It makes me a more confident person. That goes back to, you know, he's looking at his parents and that is motivating him. I don't want to be that way. I I don't know why our culture isn't more influenced by our aging population who's aging so poorly. Aging poorly. And and my mom and dad, well, heck, I've had intimate conversations with your mom and dad. Um, and God love them, and I think they would be open, honest in, in all of this, and, and, and we've, we've, we've talked about it, that they're, uh, and, you know, so for my dad, one of the statements that I, you know, jokingly heard growing up would be a, you know, a casually sort of funny, disparaging remark about being overweight, mm-hmm. and my mom never was uh, over the years until their later years, and so then it's it was kind of funny that... You know, for all of these years until they hit mid sixties, and then boom, all of a sudden, you know, there's there's extra weight and less capacity, and I think both of them would also feel a sense of of healthy shame, if you will, like I should, I ought to be a a different way, and I'm seeing all this, and back to your point, I love and respect my parents, and in many ways want to be just like them, and in this one way, I want to not be like them in that way and I think they would agree don't do what I have done be different because my dad went through a phase where stairs were hard and and then he also went through a phase where he did some fasting work and stuff like that and stairs were easier and I'm watching this and I share it with patients and say let me tell you about this story and you know so back to motivation what is the motivation to do this crazy thing called burpees sit-ups, push-ups, pull-ups, calisthenics, and to fast, or to eat this and not that. Like our anonymous guy said, one of them is to look at the future and say, well, our 
boomers right now that are now that's one of the reasons for this huge thing is is the 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 baby boom population is now our parents and hitting their late 70s 70s and 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 80s now and how what's the last third of your life going to be so that's you know zero to 30 30 to 60 and then 60 to 90 how are you going to live it and uh you'll live it like you lived when you were 59 yeah. Okay. I thought you were because the word that you use that burdens me is: Are you going to live during that time? Or are you going to linger? Yeah. Are you going to just linger and and exist? And oh my God, that talk about fear of something. That's fear and shame. That's what's ahead. If I was lingering, I, I just. And I think a lot of people, even if they're hearing this right now, they are seventy five, and everybody's on the spectrum of lingering, right? Nobody's perfect Superman when they're 90. So he's less than he could have been, yet is he more than he also would have been? And everybody's on that spectrum. And so we're back to who do you want to be? The uh, uh, 90-year-old jogging 100 meters or in the wheelchair 100 meters. And I'd like to have the chance to be the jogger. I'd like to angle that way. And so what am I going to do at 50? to be becoming that person, my choices back to motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If, if you're, I, I was telling somebody the other day, cause I was putting my shoes on standing up and I, and I talked about you <laughs> yeah. saying that what's your, what's your term just to like the, yeah, yeah. right. When you're like in our closet, uh, do you notice that you need a stool in your closet? Yeah. Do you sit down and put your shoes on and your socks on, or can you still do it standing up? Yeah. And I thought either can I do it standing up or can I get down on the floor, sitting on the floor and do it and get back up? And, and I'm so aware of, I don't want to be the guy that gets out of the chair and goes, Bruh! I mean, where does that come from? And, and how many, you and I are at the age of, of, of 50 where we have so many people that now don't go skiing, that they don't go mountain biking. They don't do whatever. Cause I'm getting older and that's cultural. That is yeah. American, especially that's American culture. You hit about 30 and now you expect the decline the glory days uh, talking about the teens and the twenties start when you're thirty. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, okay. it's mindset. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, and I, just on what what this guy said too, um, the uh, you know the vanity part. I mean, I I'm I'm fine with my level of vanity. I do want to be proud of how I feel, how I look. My, my wife appreciate. I mean, who doesn't appreciate their spouse looking fitter, trimmer? I mean, we all want our spouse to take a bath. I mean, why not <laughs> brush their hair? Yeah. And, 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 you know, there, I know we get into slippery slope of judgment and whatever, but are you proud of yourself? Are you, do you feel self approving of how you are? How does that affect your self image, your confidence back to Joshua Spodex, uh, you know, Sidja of what is it do mentally? So uh, we can leave that one there, but, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'll read through these. We can comment as we like, but there's a bunch of them who, uh, like here, Robin Mercer here, she says, uh, my primary motivation is that I want to be able to live my best life in retirement. I've watched way too many friends and family members hit retirement and be stricken with preventable illnesses such as type two diabetes and heart disease. Others have suffered through hip and knee replacements due to chronic obesity. A few years ago, my BMI started creeping up and I knew I had to do something. My healthy lifestyle has helped me feel 20 years younger. Now I asked her because I knew, um, what, or I saw on Facebook or whatever, what business she was in. Which does she say it here? Yes, she does. She said, and I said, how, how has her health and wellness impacted her business? She says the impact is multifaceted as an RN. I feel that it is mm. important to walk the walk. 
Mm-hmm. As you know, that's mm-hmm. different. Registered nurse is not the healthiest group. It seems right. like they would be, but she wants to walk the walk. How can I ask others to lead a healthy lifestyle if I don't? And as an Arbon, which is uh, women's cosmetics, cosmetics and something, and yeah, probably more than that. But as an Arbon health and wellness consultant, I'm a product of the products. Being able to share my success story helps empower others to take control of their own health and wellness. And that's what I was relating to because I saw that on her profile, the Arbon thing of how does it impact uh, our health and wellness, which we could say the same thing for you specifically. Well, me too. Anybody in influence, but you as a functional medicine doc, if sure. people came in here and you looked in ill health, your credibility just got shot. Sure. Yeah. Sure. That I should, you know, you asked me that at the beginning and I would say that is yeah. a, is a powerful motivation of walking the walk that, um, and, and I, I, I guess I would say I'm proud in the Institute for functional medicine, that functional medicine community that by and large, I that's a that's a healthy tribe of people, and I want to be a part of that tribe, and and I respect that. I think patients also do as well that there's credibility there and value there. Um, in and uh, you know we were talking about the slippery slope on the other way. Do we judge people for not looking? slimmer fitter trimmer and all of those kind of things and i would say yes there is an inherent that's been my conversation with somebody whose chief complaint is obesity is to connect with them on the 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 reality that their soul is wounded every day even when they first get up in the morning and see the mirror Mm -hmm. there is a uh, a wounded a thought even if it's just subconscious cultural and 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 the same with Somebody with a limp from a hip thing, or I'm, I am not as capable as I was as a grandpa. And uh, I've shared before one of my favorite stories of, of a woman saying, I don't want to be grandma on the couch. Like one of her kids had referred to her, or grandkids as a grandma on the couch. And she's like, ah, I don't want to be that. I want to get down on the floor. And that's a, that's a very, but that you're talking about, we do judge a book by its cover yeah, and it's, I, that sounds judgmental. Unfortunately, it's well, yeah, it's well, both. but it's, it's, it's an unfair perspective when we get to health and wellness because people are going to, well, you as an influencer, people looked at you, Dr. Randy James, and saw that you lived in a decrepit double wide over in the trailer park and you drove up in a rusted Yugo and then they're going to pay you the type of money you're asking. I mean, there's credibility and nobody bats an eye at that. They will go, well, yeah, well, how about the way that you look? Why do we, why have we gotten again to this place where we don't judge the way that I look? Dude, we are. And, and me being in the uh, personality space, it's an opportunity cost. How you look matters, which we should all know. When's the last time have you noticed in today's day and age, whether it's a newscaster, a music artist or whatever, everybody's beautiful. Why? Because we will watch them more. So we're the ones causing this, right? It's culture. It's culture. Again, so why, mindset. why do we think so? It's, you know, so the judgment aside, it's an opportunity cost. People do judge a book by its cover. It's like that thing that we all know that men statistically make more money. We know that taller people make more money. Well, that's unfair. It, it is what it is. So we could also say people who you know take a bath and wear nicer clothes probably have more opportunity, right? Thinner, fitter. It just goes along there outside of how you feel about yourself. So everybody's got to, it is what it is. It is. And, and, and that's a wrestling match. I, yeah. And you know, I, I choke up on that too and say, gosh, I've talked with a lot of individuals and this is devastating for them. 
and they've got their own wrestling match in their own head to figure out their own motivations to be becoming the kind of people they want to be. And whether that's a, 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 however much money they want to make or how they want to look or what books they're, that they're going to read, all of this is, it is what it is and it does have an impact and it's it part just of health does. And we got to, like you said, come up with our own motivation. What yeah. is our, what is our reason? You know, there's a bunch here and I'm not going to go through all of them. Julie here, she talks about, uh, I, I want to be well, uh, and healthy for a long time. Who wants to live to be 80 if I can't go on vacation? Right. Uh, that's the lingering. I know the lingering <laughs> Patty says, same thing. I want to be well and not on medications when I'm 90. Um, I, uh, she talks about her dad. I watched my, her, her, his, her father. He was extremely overweight, high blood pressure. He did not take care of himself. He had a massive stroke in 2003 at the age of 65 and passed away a year later. He was only six years older than I am now when he died. I can't imagine that for me. So a lot of people that talked about the motivation of when they get older. Uh, Here's a neat one, though. Jeff Bayless. So he's in the U.S. Navy. He says, there are so many benefits to moving our body. And here's the line. Here's the line that I was thinking about earlier, and I didn't say it. Having our health span match our lifespan. You heard that? I, that was uh-huh. new to me. Is that, is that an old one? Okay. Yeah. I, didn't, I like that. I, I think Hyman and Dr. Atia, uh, they, they, so the word health span is, is, is now a word. It's part of what you have talked about when you talk about chronological, chronological age versus health age. Right. You're younger than your you years. You use the word wellness instead of health a, a lot. But right. Not, wellness, well-being. Positive that, health. Yeah. Right. Okay. It's, and so health span is what's the span of your life that you deem yourself healthy? Uh-huh. versus how long do you live? And and back to the Olympics or nursing home, nobody ever says, yeah, I'm planning on being in the nursing home when I'm 65. Yeah. Uh, of course not. Uh, you know, but, they, but what they do, so here we're back to what I think our listeners, if, it, if something is a hook and it piques your interest to be becoming better, it's because of these kinds of statements that if you're not planning on being in the nursing home, what are you planning on? And most people are not planning on anything. Yeah. That's why they don't do the cinches or the burpees or walk or, you know, eat more carrots and less Doritos or, or whatever is because they actually not planning is planning, right? If they don't have a plan to not be in the nursing home, to not need a hip replacement, to not be on medicines, to not be aware of health span, then they are yeah. hoping for the best. Well, I, so you just hit on where I was, I was going with this too, is I, I still, and I'm not sure if I can say it and define it well enough, but I still feel like there is this cultural perspective, go along doing the norms, wanting to trust it, and then thinking that our resulting, not our resulting, then thinking our health is just a luck of the draw. Is normal. Either you're lucky or you're not. Oh yeah, Bob over there eats the same that I do. Man, he's got you know he doesn't have any body fat. He never gets sick. I do. Bummer for me, or bummer for my genetics, or bummer for. And and there are we've talked about that plenty. There are people who have bigger deficits for whatever reasons, and you do. And we're not going to minimize those at all. Just means you're going to have to work harder at whatever. Just like I have to work harder at math than you do. Math. The short guy playing NBA basketball. Yeah. He has to have a different mindset, a Spud different thought. Spud Webb. Spud Webb. Yeah. Is, uh, you know, Steph Curry. The, uh, and if you're going to live in the Sahara and you happen to have white skin, you're going to have to think differently. Mm-hmm. 
If you live in northern Norway, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. And nobody walks around blaming their white, their sunburn on their unfortunate genetics. So we're not going to minimize those, but we're also not going to allow them to be an excuse. I mean, we've all Correct. Got- if somebody is born an albino, I'd say, wow, uh-huh. that you got, you have to think differently. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sorry for you. We don't look at you and say, oh, whatever. We just say, okay, that's a reality that you're going to have to live with. You can bang your head on that wall and suffer the consequences or you change. I, and I've got, I've got one kid who's fair skin, Ian, fair skin, and he tends to have some asthmatic things. He always has. And yet we're a running family. You're going to run. And he just has to deal with it. Put sunscreen on and train more so you don't get out of just You're still going to do it. Yeah. Okay. If you're well, gonna get, yep. this, this is, you'll appreciate it. So I'm going to go on with Jeff. So again, U.S. Navy. He's active U.S. Navy. I, I, I'm pretty sure he's active. Uh, he says, uh, however, the most underestimated benefit of a healthy lifestyle is the mental strength you gain. Now, what do you think about with, you know, military, especially, especially with special forces, mental strength. He's saying that's the biggest benefit. There are many pillars of wellness, but health can dive into every facet. A moving meditation and confidence in your body definitely strengthens your mind, which not only benefits you, but those around you as well. And he goes on to say, yeah, my biggest motive is the mental clarity and therapy I get from optimizing my own physical health. It translates to every other part of my life. Isn't that the kind of guy that we want in our military helping, you know, protect. That's what we expect of them. That, well, he's that's that's right. But not of ourselves. And you know, the me being, you know, military and and you know, laughingly called the chair force, so I wasn't on the front front lines in any <laughs> capacity, but we I would use the phrase, you know, who do you want in the foxhole next to you? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Somebody who's going to lament about their sunburn and their unfortunate genetics or somebody who's going to get the job done. Now, granted, we don't live. Here's part of the problem in our culture is we don't live life in a foxhole. And yet so many people do. And it's called work. I was going to say, you know, when you first marriage. said it, my first thought was, who's, it, who's the main one in my foxhole? My wife. That's We're right. We're in the foxhole of our family and relationships and finances and whatever. And I want her at her best. It helps us all. So absolutely. You know, my next foxhole is you business wise yeah. and same thing. I, I, we need each other to uh-huh. be who we are becoming. Well, if I'm partnering with you, it's, I want you at your best. That's right. Bottom line. Yeah. Get, <laughs> you, put that donut you, down. That's buddy. right. We got money on the line here. You and I have not had a conversation about, well, what kind of insurance do you have? Because... Uh-huh. If 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 you go downhill, then right. We didn't even think that way, and and they're for good reason. Yeah, yeah. Hey, here here's one, uh, Greg. So again, folks, as as this is an evergreen podcast, and people listen to it years from now. As of today, we're amidst the uh, coronavirus globally. So Gregory here, he says, I want to maintain my. He says his motive right now to maintain optimum health and wellness so his immune system is strong should this virus catch up to him and we are in an interesting time i mean literally as as i look at just the daily you know headlines and stuff we are seeing more and more people especially celebrities sharing their experience with coronavirus and it's usually weeks and you know lots of symptoms of fever and bedridden and can't think well but most of them are recovering and that's of course the question and we well we know the ones uh the stats i don't know if i, I haven't looked at them lately but the stats on those who are dying are the ones who were already compromised for the most part true yeah yeah 
So yeah, I, 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 you know, the coronavirus is going to change the perspective of the world from now on forevermore. This will be a part of our history. And, and I, I would still say, I think it, yeah, that the, it, it this is big picture because a lot of the nuance and nitty gritty needs to be talked about for a long time in the future, but it exposes weakness. Any virus yeah. exposes weakness. But yeah. we related it to any illness. So any illness right. that it's, you talk about, illness is knocking at your door. Every second of every time. day. Right, sure. And it's, you're... It is a part of life. We're on the, always, every day, on the spectrum of illness. Yeah. And where that needle is on a particular day related to how you slept, how you ate, how you exercised yesterday and the previous 10 years and 20 is going to be a part of how resilient are you to either get a coronavirus or an influenza virus or a bacterial infection or anything. Um, Ryan here, he says, it helps me experience life with more clarity and less restrictions. I love that oh, yeah. restriction. You, you just said resilience in, in, in a way, but he says, AKA energy to play with the family after a long day at work, able to go on adventures. My motivator. I know that I cannot fully show up and be around a long time for those closest to me unless I show up for myself, you know, and I mean, to my own motive, that is a big one. I feel a significant responsibility to be at my best for my family, my business partners, uh, my you know, customers and clients, but primarily my family, that I have a responsibility. And, and even further, going back to the elderly, or the, the older demographic, to not be a burden on Right, them. as you grow older. Yeah, can I be 85 and help my kid build a house instead of them not being able to, cause they're spending their time and money trying to deal in with a, my ailing. And I just, I know that right there, a lot of people are there, a lot of people and, are there yeah. and they're going to feel the judgment and feel, and feel victimized. I mean, there are always exceptions to the rule. This is not to minimize or discount somebody who's dealing with that, but it is to say, what can we do back to your thing? Nobody can be perfectly well. We can all be weller. That's right. And, and, to also not judge, but if we went to somebody who is sitting on their couch and feels less resilient and feels frustrated with that, most of them would also look at their children and say, don't make the mistakes I made. Yeah. Don't do not do the things I did that were not wise choices. Uh, there's a better way. And the, as, as you just read this last one, one of the phrases that I've been thinking about over this last week uh, based on a new book uh, I'm reading is – the concept of be kind to yourself. Uh-huh. That if one of the greatest maxims of all the world is love others as you love yourself. Love yourself yeah. Care for others as you care for yourself. And so many of us grew up in a, in a kind of environment where if you said the words, I'm going to love myself, I'm going to care for myself, that's selfish. That's wrong that you need to always put others ahead of yourself all the time and, and forevermore. But there's also a nonsensical part of that, that you also have to be well enough to care for others mm-hmm. to, to help others. And, and it's so, um, one of the things about our motivation for why we do these things is it is a kindness. Mm-hmm. It is a kindness to yourself to go to bed on time. It is a kindness to go outside and contemplate the warmth of the sunshine and you don't have to go very far at all to see beauty to appreciate it uh and 
And like this guy said, that will, by definition, translate to those around you. You are a better you if you're also appropriately kind, not selfish, but self-care, uh, being kind to yourself to be becoming the kind of person who can also be a husband and a father. And a- I want to play with that, though, because on that scripture you know which do you know which which one it is i don't know where it is yeah but you know uh, well it's, it, it's the golden rule it's the golden do rule. Unto others as you would have them I, but you. i wonder sometimes if that hits wrong because i wonder how many people out there and i'm gonna actually pick on uh middle-aged women mothers who hear that and it doesn't resonate because they are not taking care of themselves they are loving everyone else better than they love themselves. And so how does this relate? And, and I almost want to flip it sometimes is love yourself as much as you love pour into yourself as much as you pour into your kids, your husband, your, your, your friends, your family, your sister, your parents, whatever. And, and further, you are going to run out. You cannot pour, you're pouring less into them. If you're pouring less into yourself, take care of yourself so that you can uh, take care of them. And, and, and I think we can nod to that, but man, I see so many, again, I'm going to pick on women. Cause I, I think my wife has been prone to this as well. Sometimes she's just going to pour out and pour out and pour out and pour out until she is absolutely empty. Now she's no good for anybody. Right. And she's had to learn that over the years. She's got to take care of herself. It is not selfish. Like you said, to well, go to bed early to take care of and, herself. And, and what, and I actually learned this from you. Uh, I'm going to change the wording around to, to speak to women, to say, do you, it is not a kindness to your children if you teach them that normal uh, mothering equals exhaustion and exasperation and no time for yourself. That's, right. if, if to be a cool mom means to be all that and you don't have time for your own exercise, that's what you told me that one time years and years ago is, because most people say, I don't exercise because I don't have enough time. That's right. And you looked, and I said that to you, and you said, oh, so you're teaching your kids that? And Dude, you're totally wrong. Oh, you, really? You said it to me. <laughs> In my mind. You told, you told it to, well, what, maybe we turned well, it we on each other. We are brilliant to each other. We are brilliant to each other. It's literally something that exists in my mind <laughs> that you told me. It, it was something to do with being kind of the entrepreneurial you know, guy. So you're teaching your kids that to be an entrepreneur, you are harried and frazzled. and you Never enough money, miles. never enough time. And that stuck with me. What is the example that I'm showing them? Am I sitting down at the end and I'm worn out? And, and am I showcasing them that being a business owner, that being a dad, being a dad of a large family is just a huge huge pain in the butt that's terrible right well i was convicted by (laughs) well that's a great example of of a tribe mentality where we are mutually beneficial to one another where for me to come home and and back then at least in my mind you know i had toddlers and it was you know even though the toddlers need attention they need to see mommy and daddy we do this just like we also cook and clean and do all this other stuff. And guess what? How about you do it? And then it's a game of the toddler on my back doing push-ups, and they try to do push-ups, and it becomes... And now, with a um, 14-year-old who can do his 14 pull-ups, I'm I'm pretty proud of him. Um, You know, that's... That's great. He he has grown up, and whether or not he would verbalize it this way, but that's normal. That's what families do. You know, I want to take this bent as we're talking about you know what we showcase to our kids i can't remember if i said it here before i think i have on some uh, on some other shows but 
you know, I, so I was a, for my my three younger kids. Um, well, actually, the, the the two oldest they remember me as a pro cyclist, as an as an elite cyclist. But then I stopped, and I haven't done that for years. But it was probably three four years ago. I did a, it's actually a duathlon down. I in remember, the yeah. yeah. Went down there, and so I had been riding more, been training more, and you know, maybe a little guilt for the time I'm out there doing that, and not it wasn't anything over the top. But um, we went to this thing. And they all went, the kids wanted to go too. And so we went and it was out on a, it was down there at Ute Valley or whatever. It was on a kind of a football field thing where we started, we took off, we did a 5k run, came, come back, get your mountain bike and do a whatever mountain bike. And then it was a 5k run again. So we did that and I, you know, bust my butt. I had fun. The point of it afterwards, my older kids talked about that. And in later, and in later months, years, they said it was one of the most inspiring things to them. And I go, what? This is, I kind of, I felt selfish. You know, I'm taking the day away. Mm. It's all about me. And they said, no, to see me go after something that gave me joy, to see me expend myself on something inspired them so much. It was such a, it was such a paradigm shifter. For me, you know, obviously we can go too far. We all, and yeah, everybody's going to think of the exception of some narcissistic guy who does nothing but go after his own pursuits and he mm-hmm. ignores his family. Okay. Obviously we got that, that. but I'm talking right. about me and, uh, and there's other people who are, they're devoted. I, I don't have to prove, I don't worry about my devotion to my family. I know that I am, but to see this, a pursuit over here and how it inspired them was so interesting and, and, and somewhat Paradigm illogical shifting. Yeah. Like, like, like you said to think that, cause I, I struggle with that yeah. where it, it came from through the lens of your older kids and my kids aren't really older enough to have their own perspective on, on something like that. And I think they still think, you know, in their early teens, well, dad does what dad does and mom does what mom does. And they don't, you know, they're still self oriented, but that I take encouragement from that, 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 in the end, I hope they see this. This is the way to have more well-being than other ways. Yeah, yeah. Even well, like what you just said, to see your parent pursue. Yeah, that they're inspired from that. Well, and I have known, and I should have put two and two together, but I've maybe it's been even since then. But I've been more aware of one of the greatest gifts that I received from my parents was seeing them go after what I'm going to call worthwhile pursuits, okay. even at, even at okay. risk. And the fact that I got to see them risk, I got to see them fail that okay. right there, seeing my parents getting to witness and be privy to, to them failing at something they were going after and then recover. One of the best gifts I was given as a kid. You know, I had never verbalized it that way, but, and we're talking about motivation, but I was a teenager in upper when to see my dad step out of traditional yeah. surgical medicine, have his salary cut in half and be a pariah in our, you know, I say that cultural town pa- where, uh, yeah, pressure. he was a weirdo now. And, and then for decades that he is pursuing this pathway at great risk uh, and lost to, for, for at least in that area, but at great gain yeah, but for seeing for his purpose. job satisfaction, purpose, changing people's lives. You know, I was going to say, I forgot to say it. Um, I was, and if That's you hear the Air that, Force there's, <laughs> there's a jet flying by, um, that our parents, whereas there are some health and wellness from a physical nutritional pursuit that they didn't do as well, you know, early on and are now addressing right now. 
one of the things that I think attributes to their age and their levels of wellness today is that, and we both share this, they had purpose. They had pursuit. They worked at things that mattered to them. There was a bigger purpose to their lives in their work, in their faith. And that, that is that may be, you know, worth even more right. than if they had been, you know, 10 K runners and whole foods eaters. And, you know, yeah, I, well, yeah. yeah, I'd say because, you know, in terms of the mind and the soul and the heart, we're going to elevate that higher than the body. Uh-huh. And the reason we're caring for our bodies is to care for our minds, to be relationally, yeah. uh, in the right place with God, with our spouse, with our family, with our work. That's high motivation. That's high motivation. Here's a couple more. Tiago says, working on my health keeps me focused on other areas of life. It's kind of a discipline that helps with the other responsibilities. Mm -hmm. It's also something that challenges me every time as I continue to work towards losing weight and grow muscle and endurance. It's one of the best decisions I made in my life. I mean, I, I, we see that all the time. The people who are. Uh, working towards, I'm going to call it, you know, vibrant life that they are living a, a health minded lifestyle and they feel more vibrant. They are more inspired people. And I'm going to testify that they produce better works in their life overall. And as soon as I say that somebody is going to come up with the exception, the person who is in uh, health disarray, who's producing greater works. And my thought is it's great. The body's great at survival. It's amazing what the human spirit can do. And maybe they've got other motivators that are helping them overcome that, but how much greater would their works be? Had they been doing these other kind of things? And we'll never know. Yeah, it's like Stephen it's Hawking. The dude lived as, as a handicap in a wheelchair and produced, you know, he had a brilliant mind, whatever. Could it have been more brilliant? I would post yes. Right. If he had been able to trigger his BDNF through exercise, sure, there, w- there would have been, you know, something different. So we're all awesome, but could you be awesomer? Awesomer, right. That, uh, so we're back to we're all on the spectrum. Right now, when you talk about a spectrum disorder, you think about ADD or autism or something like that. But nobody's going to stand up there and say they have the perfect brain, that they never have any hint of, of you know, OCD or anxiety or depression or whatever. We'd say some level of that is normal. Okay, we're we're all on the spectrum of of a wellness spectrum of an illness spectrum. And what you and I are saying is that our culture has focused in on the illness, made lines and called them diseases, mm-hmm. and we're saying lean over this other direction and like like this guy most people who have been over here and dipped into illness and then they come out of that Mm -hmm. they don't go back Mm -hmm. they i mean again exceptions of people who generally do but one of the biggest motivations for choosing a weller lifestyle is you feel better Mm-hmm. And you can recognize that you feel well better. motivators on the, I don't know what the stats are, but I mean, I've heard so many times that I've known people in my personal life who did not leave a well lifestyle and had the literal heart attack. And now I told man, if you don't change your life, you are going to die. What are the stats of how many of them came out of it? Now, the bummer is that they will never attain the level of, well, I don't know if this is true. Uh, yeah. It'd be hard to love. To, to attain the level of wellness they could have if they hadn't, done. they hadn't had the heart attack in the first place. That's one of those we don't know. Yeah. Yep. Uh, hey, you'll appreciate this. Grove Higgins. <laughs> uh, he said, uh, Grove Higgins, which is a, he's a chiropractor. He's down in the Springs. Um, you've known him for a long time. I, I wish I could give him another term because he's a chiropractor Colleague. plus so much. Uh, yeah, he's willing to think. 
differently. Yeah, he is. He said this, this gift of life and talent to do what I do demands the best of me. I want to honor that gift by living Mm -hmm. the best I can for as long as I can. So I can serve my family, my patients, my community. I see my wellness and fitness as my duty and privilege to make a hundred percent use of my God given gifts and opportunities. Mm -hmm. Isn't that the kind of doctor you want taking care of you? That's well said. I never, I never thought about it from that perspective that as a potential patient and I'm looking out there to see the kind of person I want to go and submit myself to is somebody who has that paradigm, who thinks that way. Well, Dr. James, I think your patients share that a lot. They look at you and they, they follow your leading. They really I think so. And maybe that's a kindness I haven't given to myself to acknowledge that. And, and that was the words I said at the beginning, too, the idea of honoring mm-hmm. the gift. Yeah. Well, hey, I, this is an interesting one. It's Caleb Miller, uh, which is, folks, my oldest son. Uh, he says, I want to be physically stronger, more mobile, agile, and capable of more. I want to be sick less. I want to feel as well as I can all the time. And I want all that to carry me, to, ca- to carry throughout my life and my later years. I want to be the best version of myself for the benefit of myself and those around me for as long as I possibly can. And vainly, I just want to look good and feel good about my self image. So he's 24 years old. He's got a sordid history of medical issues. He had epilepsy. He's had a reconstructive chest surgery. Um, he's gone through a lot. And at 24, he gets up and most every day at seven o'clock, he's huffing and puffing and working out. And, and I will say, if I can say it as humbly as, as possible, he credits me so much with the uh, exposure mm-hmm. of, of doing that. And he says, I've been a great inspiration to him. I'm grateful uh, for that, but you know, to us as parents, that we created the environment, mm-hmm. the environment of healthy eating, healthy living, whatever. So that's that's just what my kids know. I haven't yet seen one of my kids go, ah, you know, all that stuff was great, but I'm not into it, and fall back in. Most of them do that, and we see that for better and worse. Our kids so often emulate us. We are setting that example. You're putting a lot of pressure on me. <laughs> well, me too, I'm- man. I've got. <laughs> Yeah. You got four more, right, that are sort of young and hitting the age of counter, uh, five. And I've got three that are in those young teens, and I hope. So you, we are committed to exposure in a loving, gentle, kind way. I was, I was we, don't, gonna, yes. we don't demand. In fact, I have to share. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in, I've been reading about fasting, and one of my questions was, what about the kids? And so if anybody has... Under 18, especially, you know, uh, pre-adolescent or, or adolescent kids going through growth spurt, then no, we don't preach fasting. But at the same time, we don't preach six meals a day. That's wrong. Mm-hmm. And our culture is into this, you know, our, our elementary school demands. Like you have to send your kid with two snacks. Not one, but two. And it's like, oh my gosh, what are we? We're teaching them that they are so unresilient, they can't make it a few more hours to to lunch. And I just chafe at that so hard. So our family has been really wrestling with, um, you know, skipping meals and yeah. and not calling it fasting and uh, the idea of of of. In fact, yesterday, writer, I said he because I heard him in the in the snack, you know, bin or whatever. And I'm like, whoa, I thought we were going to wait till dinner. And he's like, mm-hmm. he's like, 
It's classic. Can I just fast for 24 hours later this week? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so loving, yeah. gentle, appropriate. And that, well, and that, uh, yes, thank you. It would be the correct exposure and not the browbeating, the demanding, uh, whatever. Right, right, yeah, right. which is always hard. And there's a parenting discussion. Um, well, hey, let me do one more here, I, just because I appreciate it. Do you, Christopher Dunstan. Do you remember Christopher? Mm-mm. He lived. He lived here. Uh, health and fitness guy. He's now in uh, Hawaii, but great advocate of fitness and a guy who inspires a lot of people. He said the concept of fitness is broad and when understood will impact every area of life. Mm-hmm. Proof, put the word after any concept you're seeking to improve. Uh, this shows that all things can be improved by using fitness principles, uh, financial fitness, physical fitness, spiritual fitness, mental fitness. The concept that fitness introduces is simple yet all encompassing. Fitness is anything you do today with the intentional goal of improving quality of life tomorrow. When life experiences are shining through this lens, fitness becomes an overarching concept. That's the foundation of all of our choices. Physical fitness just being one. Get fit now. Everything will improve. That's a, I appreciate that. I have never done that. So let me share if, if I probably have before on a show, but uh, it's good. Repetition is good. Uh, that you and I, after we became friends, I was leading a group of people who wanted to pursue self-employment. And as we were doing that, realizing how many of them uh, came, we, we came up with a good idea. We came up with a good idea that fit them, that fit the marketplace. We could build out a business structure for that, not to minimize that, but we could do that. And yet the months would go on and they were not taking the actions to pursue that. And as the months and the years went on in this business model, realized how often they said, man, I just don't have enough energy at the end of the day, even at the end of the weekend to do this. And me realizing that, man, all my uh, self-employed entrepreneurial leaders, influencers, friends over here, they're, pr- they, they do pretty good output. They put out more than the norm and they usually are fit. And I realized, man, people have this perception that it is the person that has achieved whatever level of success who now has the leg luxury to pursue physical wellness. And I realized Man, it's not, that's a fallacy. That's a myth. These people achieved it because of their devotion to themselves so that they could put out this extra output and do X, Y, Z aside from their day job and achieve whatever. And now they're over here. And so it brought me to making physical wellness a primary pillar of the self-employment pursuit. And of course, that's when I brought in Dr. Randy James and you started coming out to our events. And I remember initially it was coming out. We had, I did come out in the morning while we were doing a run or doing whatever, cause I would have that at these events. Uh, but then started having, it wasn't enough time. Had you come in the evening at dinner time and it, you'd have a line of people that would go on until we just caused it to stop. It's midnight. We got to stop because people wanted to hear you talking, especially about saying, Hey, all these common American maladies, are not normal and they don't have to be, you don't have to accept them. And people just came there because they had a goal they were trying to pursue. Uh, so to hear now, here's hope. Here's something I can do to give me more energy so I can do X, Y, Z. They, the thing I want to just scream out after hearing that is it puts agency. You were free agent Academy. It Mm -hmm. puts agency into those people's hands. Uh huh. And the people lack agency, or we could use other words, they lack freedom, resilience, capacity to do what they wanted to do called, I need to put in one hour to write 
whatever I need to write for my oh. business plan and that kind of thing. And they had desire, thought, motivation. Now they had a good business plan. They had a coach. They had uh, some P's and Q's in there. Yeah. But the thing that was hampering was an inability or perceived inability to take the next step because of fatigue, exhaustion, or, or all of these symptoms that are going on that, that, are, that are hampering. And, and then at the same time, when I came in to talk about it, I could say, well, this is related to what you eat. They still have to go home and, and what? They still have to go home and make a change. Walk out the tenants of that. That's right. They have to have agency, decision, will, free will, and they have to exercise it. So we're coming full circle back around to motivation in order to be becoming who they want to be becoming. And you and I just ache at the fact that so much of the not great side of America, there's so much good, but so much of the not great side is a result, at least in part, of people being hampered by normal, common American physical maladies that derail them common that should not be normal. that should not be, should normal. Not be common. right yeah. these are not normal to have headaches and menstrual pain and for you know 40 year old moms to to feel exhausted and frustrated and wonder where their life went and and all of that is so common mm-hmm. but it ought not be common it ought not be normal and how then so somebody says okay i i i i hear what you're saying i want to choose to be different and be becoming different how do i do that and here's some action items, but the key issue there is the person being an individual, exercising their freedom, their free will, owning their choices. Yeah. You, you know, I, I do on that perspective of, of putting out more, having the energy for more output. It's interesting, though, and I, I want to add in there that today I don't view it quite the same for myself. I don't view it as much as, Hey, I want to have more wellness physically and mentally so I can put out more work necessarily. I think, no, I I don't. Sometimes I want to put less work, but I have to work smarter, which means I have to be able to think clearly, critically and creatively. And man, if I don't feel well, if my sleep is lacking and I feel tired, if I feel stressed and I can't do that. So today I feel like instead of, I don't want to work more so much. I want to work smarter. So I've got, instead of working more, I can go play more maybe or, or, or whatever. It's another side of it. But you know, you know, back to this just on, Motive that all this that the point of this was looking at what are our motives and folks if you want to read more because we didn't I, I, we didn't read even close to half of them maybe we read twenty five percent of them if you go to uh, my Facebook page at Agent K Miller and there's a long list of people sharing uh, so many of the things different things that motivate them and that was a part of it too I want you to hear there's different things find your motive it's kind of like you saying uh, when you somebody asked you the question Doctor James what's the best exercise. The one that you will do. The one that you do. So what's the best motive? The one that will make you do what you want <laughs> to do. The one that will give you enough reason <laughs> to do the things that you need to do to be at the place that you want to be. And I hope that uh, you got some new resources and motive in this show. Well, there you go, friends. I trust this show was, again, just equally confirming and convicting for your own health pursuits and your motives behind them, knowing what that core destination is that you're trying to get to. Thanks again to all who did share so openly about their journeys. And thank you for choosing to tune into the Self-Helpful Podcast. If you got value, be great if you'd leave a review. Let us know what you thought. Best thing you can do is just talk about what you heard here with somebody else. Grapple with it, question it, 
discuss it. I sincerely hope I've helped you help yourself so that you can help others.